0: From the stages and studios, producers and playwrights of the world, your hosts, the brewers of Castle Lager, bring you the week's finest radio entertainment, Castle Playhouse.
2: The Trial of Mary Dubin
0: The Prosecutor, may it please the court, gentlemen of the jury, in the matter of the people against Mary Dugan. The people of this state are against the girl, and they have turned on her saying, you have killed. They've appointed me to represent them. I have been told to investigate this killing, and if, in my opinion, this woman is guilty, to place her on trial. <coughs> I believe she is guilty, and I have brought her to trial. You, the jury, are here to hear the evidence and to determine whether she is guilty or not. Judge Nash is here to see that she is honestly and fairly tried. The people have placed this girl on trial for her life. We will show that she committed murder. In a jealous rage, she did murder her lover. Edgar Rice was found dead in the apartment of Mary Dugan... He had been stabbed in the back. Before the witnesses of the state lay before you the shameful story in all its detail, let me set you on your guard against this woman's youth and beauty and her terrible charm. Gentlemen, I call the first witness for the state. Doctor, welcome.
2: Silence! Silence!
0: You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. I do. Your name? James, welcome. You're on the medical examiner of the city? I am. In the course of your duties, you performed an autopsy on the body of Edgar Rice. I did. What was the cause of his death? An incised wound which penetrated the heart. Did the man suffer from any organic ailments? No. Then, in your opinion, his death was caused by a wound which penetrated his heart? The man was stabbed through his heart. Naturally, he died. That's all. Your witness, Mr. West. No questions. That's all, Doctor. Inspector Hunt. Please take the stand. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Inspector, just what is your position in the department? I am the inspector in charge of the Homicide Bureau. And what, as the head of the Bureau, are your duties? Solving murder cases. (laughs) (coughs) And in the course of those duties, you were called on to investigate the death of Edgar Rice. I was. Tell the jury exactly what occurred in that case, from your own personal knowledge. At about 3 o'clock on the morning of April the 19th, I got a telephone call at my house. I was instructed to go to the park gardens and investigate the murder of Edgar Rice. I went up there at once. Just a minute, Inspector. You say you were instructed to go there? By whom? By the commissioner. You mean that the commissioner of police telephoned you personally about this case? Yes. Mr. Rice was a prominent citizen, a well-known businessman. What did the commissioner say? Objection! As a police officer, you're about to tell in detail of your orders you received from your superior. Yes, Your Honor. I think I'll allow that. Objection overruled. He informed me that Mr. Edgar Rice had been murdered and told me to report at the Park Gardens immediately. What did you find on your arrival at the apartment? There were three people in the room. A policeman, the Dugan woman, and Mr. Rice. Mr. Rice was lying on the floor near the center of the room. He was dead. Where was the defendant? She was sitting in a chair near the body. What was she doing? Nothing. Just sitting there and looking at the dead body. Did she say anything to you? No, no, sir. No, she seemed kind of dazed. What did you do after that? I photographed everything before you touched anything in the room. Yes, you did this personally. Yeah, I always do when I can. Nothing gets by my camera. As I understand, these are the photographs. Eh, uh, yes, sir. I offer them in evidence. No objection. Admitted in evidence. No. Now this photograph. This is what you saw when you first came into the room? The knife was lying exactly where it is in the photograph? Yes. And uh, this one here. Are these bloodstains down the front of the defendant's nightdress? Yes, sir. Did the defendant make any protest at being photographed? No, sir. She just sat there looking at the dead man and sort of moaning and muttering to herself. After taking these photographs, Inspector, what did you do next? I picked up the knife, uh, being careful, of course, not to touch the handle, and put it on the table. Later on, I had it examined for fingerprints. And what did it show? One moment, please, Inspector. Did you develop these fingerprints yourself? No, sir. We object. Testimony not confident. Sustained. Inspector, under your instructions, however, the fingerprints on the knife were developed and subsequently were compared with the fingerprints of the defendant? Yes. The fingerprints matched. Did you ascertain to whom the knife belonged? Yes, sir. It belonged to the little lady. The defendant? Yes, sir. You said a moment ago that the prisoner was moaning and muttering to herself when you first came into the room. Could you understand what she said? Yes, sir. What did she say? She kept saying over and over again, Oh, my poor Jimmy, my poor Jimmy. Did you know to whom she was referring? No, sir. Did you ask her if this Jimmy was one of her lovers? Objection. Objection overruled. I ask you again, did you ask her if he was one of her lovers? Naturally. What did she say? Don't answer that yet, Inspector. Did you warn the defendant that anything she said could be used in evidence against her? Oh, yes, we always do that. Well, Inspector, what did she say? Nothing. Did she make any statement at all? No, sir. You uh, kept the clothes she was wearing? Yes, sir. They were turned over to your office later on. Are uh, these the clothes? Yes, sir. This um, nightgown and these bloodstains, are these the ones that show in your photograph? Uh, Yes, sir. Thank you, Inspector. That's all. Your witness, Mr. West. Now, Inspector, you see there was no sign of disorder anywhere. No, sir. You told us that the defendant said nothing to you when you questioned her. Yes, sir. Didn't you ask her why she killed Rice? Yes. And what did she say? She, she said she hadn't. How many times did you ask her that question? I don't know. Possibly two or three. Isn't it a fact that you shouted and yelled at this girl and shook your fist in her face for nearly an hour trying to get her to admit that she'd killed this man? No, sir. I didn't think it necessary. The case was open and shut. It didn't matter what she said. I move that to be stricken out, Your Honor, as unresponsive. On the contrary, Your Honor, I think it was entirely responsive. Counsel asked the question and the witness answered to the best of his ability, explaining his reasons. Objection overruled. The answer shall remain in the evidence. Were your investigations thorough in this case? Yes. Who occupied the apartment next to that in which the defendant lived? I don't know. Did you inquire? No, I didn't think it was necessary. You didn't think it was necessary to inquire if anyone had heard the girl cry out in her distress? No, sir. You didn't think it important to discover if anyone had heard sounds of a quarrel coming from that apartment? No, sir. Would it surprise you very much, Inspector, if I told you that I occupied that apartment? Yes, it would. And you say that you've exercised your usual thoroughness in making investigations in this case? And, and yes. Huh. Well, that's all, Inspector. Call Mrs. Rice.
2: Silence! Silence in court! Silence!
0: Silence. Mrs. Rice, do you tell them you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? How many years have you been married to Edgar Rice?
3: Fourteen years.
0: Have you any children?
3: A daughter, twelve years old.
0: Mrs. Rice, I'm sorry, extremely sorry, but I shall have to go into very intimate details of your married life. Uh, At the time of his death, were you living with your husband? No, sir. When did you stop living with him?
3: About a a year ago. Why? Because of, of that woman, his mistress.
0: Until you discovered his illicit relations with the defendant... You had lived a normal, contented, happy life.
2: Yes. Let me through. He was a kind, indulgent husband. Oh yes. It's important. that I send a
0: defender. Jimmy. Jimmy. What is the matter? Jimmy, you today? must go away. You mustn't stay here. I'm Stay here, my dear. That's why I
2: came.
0: Young man, what is the meaning of this interruption? May it please the court. I ask permission to remain with the defendant.
2: No, you mustn't. I won't let you. Will you be
0: quiet, young woman? What is your interest in this case? I am the defendant's brother. If there is any more interference, I shall clear the court. Now, be seated, young man. And please refrain from causing any more delay in this case. Yes, Your Honor. Thank you, sir. You may carry on now, Mr. Prosecutor. Now, as we were saying, Mrs. Rice, Mr. Rice was a kind, indulgent husband? Yes. How did you discover that he had a mistress?
3: A friend told me.
0: What did you do then?
3: I locked the door between our rooms.
0: What did your husband do then?
3: He asked me why, and I told him.
0: Yes, and what did he do then?
3: Please, Mr. Galway, I'd rather not answer that.
0: I'm sorry, Mrs. Rice, but I'm afraid I shall have to insist.
3: The He cried. He he was terribly upset. He said he couldn't help himself.
0: Did he say he was in love with this girl?
3: No, just that he he couldn't help himself. There was something about her. Just couldn't keep away.
0: Did you discuss the matter with your friends or with your lawyer?
3: No. We decided, on account of my little girl, not to do anything.
0: Did you make any further effort to get him to break off this uh, illicit relationship? Yes, I... I'm terribly sorry, Mrs. Rice. Take your time before you answer the question.
3: What why is your question, please?
0: I asked you if you could remember exactly when it was you tried to make your husband give up this woman.
3: It was the night he was killed, just after dinner.
0: Your husband dined at home that night? Yes. How did the matter happen to come up again?
3: Something my daughter said at dinner. She looked up at his boyfriend in the strangest way and said, what's the matter? Don't you two love each other anymore?
0: Why did you say that?
3: we both laughed and Edgar got very white and said, why, of course we do. Then he looked at me in the queerest way. After dinner, we went up to my sitting room and then he asked me if I'd ever forgive him. He took me in his arms and cried and said that he'd been a fool and that I was the only woman he'd ever really loved, and that he wanted to come home.
0: And what did you do?
3: I kissed him and told him that he. he was home.
0: Did you know that he was going to this woman's apartment that night? Yes. Did he go with your consent?
3: Oh, help me. I sent him.
0: You sent him? Why?
3: Because I wanted the thing ended. I wanted him to go and tell her that he didn't love her, that he didn't want her anymore. He promised he'd tell her I was the only woman he'd ever really loved. <laughs>
0: so that when he left the house, you expected his early return and the beginning of a new life together? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. That's all. Thank you, Mrs. Rice. Your witness, Mr. West. No questions, Mr. Galway. What? You're not going to cross-examine her? No, I'm not. What? You're going to let this testimony go unchallenged? I must conduct this defense
3: in my own way. You must not interfere with me. Everything she said was a lie. Don't you see, Mr. West?
0: You must expose her lies. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Will you stop these personalities? If you wish to address the court... If then your I... honor pleases, I cannot have my carefully planned defense of this young woman interfered with. May it please the court... I think it is high time that someone did interfere. I regard the failure of counsel to cross-examine this witness as a most outrageous dereliction of duty. With all allowances for the youth and very natural feelings of the defendant's brother, I must insist on conducting this defense in my own way. And what's more, I cannot be interfered with by a mere boy. You mean you will not allow me to aid in the defense of my own sister? Not so long as I am acting for the defendant. My sister insists that... Your Honor... We both feel that this testimony has been too damaging and... Please, not... Your Honor, it is perfectly apparent that the defendant is placed in terrible jeopardy by the interference of this boy. Unless I can proceed without further hindrance, I must respectfully ask to be allowed to withdraw from the case. Your Honor, I am an attorney at law, a member of a reputable firm of attorneys in San Francisco. I ask the permission of the court to act for my sister in this case. I think, Your Honor that the prisoner should be thoroughly enlightened as to the serious results which may come from this sudden change of counsel. (coughs) Young woman, for your own guidance, the court desires to state that he believes the defense has been conducted most ably, and that he personally can see no justification for the contemplated change of counsel. It would be most unfair of the court not to warn the defendant, and to remind her that she is on trial for her life and that the entrusting of her defense to a young, comparatively inexperienced attorney is a grave thing to contemplate. With this warning in mind, do you still wish to make this change?
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please.
2: So
0: be it. I think if the court permits it, it is most proper that I should withdraw from the case. And I would like to take this occasion to thank, Your Honor, for the commendation he has just offered for my efforts on the prisoner's behalf. May I ask that the court's remarks be embodied in the record of this trial? They are so embodied, sir. Go ahead, Mr. Dugan. Mrs. Rice? You seem ill, Mrs. Rice.
2: Yes.
3: I'm not well.
0: You seemed well until a few minutes ago. Surely you're not afraid of any questions I could ask you. You seemed perfectly well and strong when Mr. Galway was questioning you. Perhaps you can tell us all the exact moment you became ill. Oh, what's the use of all that, young man? If your honor pleases, I'm willing to make all sorts of allowances for this boy, but really, cross-examination of this sort is childish. All right, all right, I'll get on with it. Mary, will you please stand up? Now come here. No, closer. Now, Mrs. Rice, just what were your husband's words when he told you about this girl? Tell us right to her face what he said. Well?
2: <laughs> oh, oh, well? Your
0: Honor, the witness is not able at this time to continue. I ask that we adjourn until tomorrow morning. You're sure that she's ill? Can't you see that for yourself? I don't Oh, what's wrong with her, then? She tells me it's the first time she's been in close contact with a lewd woman. Oh, that's the way you want it, huh? Your Honor, we object to an adjournment at this time. Mr. Galway, are you convinced that the witness is in no condition to go on? It seems perfectly apparent, Your Honor. I think so, too. We'll adjourn until tomorrow morning. Is it understood, sir, that the witness will then be ready for cross-examination? That is my understanding. Is it yours, Mrs. Rice? Yes. Record is now adjourned until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning.
2: Everybody
1: rise. Enjoy the best of both worlds. Only two hours' drive from Johannesburg and Pretoria and half an hour by air. The magnificent Sundown Ranch Hotel in Lion Park, just 10 kilometers from the Pelansburg Game Reserve and Sun City Resort. It offers an exciting escape from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. Reasonable rates, excellent food, friendly service, and comfortable air-conditioned rooms. It will ensure a memorable stay. Activities include tennis, squash, horse riding, the lion park, and much, much more. Call now to make your reservation on 014-573-100. That's 14 573 1000, or visit their website at www.restonations.co.za forward slash sundown ranch. The Sundown Ranch Hotel and Lion Park, two worlds in
2: one. See.
1: van Springbok Radio is terug 20 onverkrijgbare liedjes nou op 1 CD met al jou ginstelinge, Virginia Lee Cora Marie, Anton Gwissen Sonja Herrold, Coutinho en vele meer in het Springbok Radio, Afrikaanse treffers
0: We can proceed with this case if the spectators deem to remember that this is a court of law and not a fairground. You may proceed now, Mr. Prosecutor. Your Honor, may it please the court. Mrs. Rice suffered a complete nervous collapse on arriving home last night. Her physician advises me that it will be impossible for her to appear in court for several days. I have here a physician's letter to that effect. Mr. Dugan... I am, of course, anxious to proceed with the cross-examination of Mrs. Rice, but... If the court pleases, I was about to suggest that we proceed with the trial, postponing the cross-examination of Mrs. Rice until such time as she is able to appear. Well, I can see no objection to that, provided I am allowed to interpolate and cross-examine Mrs. Rice at any stage of the proceedings I see fit. That is exactly what I was about to suggest. It is so understood. Proceed, gentlemen. That is our case. The people rest. Move that the case be dismissed for lack of evidence. Denied. Exception. May it please the court. Gentlemen of the jury, I have been up all night listening to the stenographer read the evidence in this case. It is pretty terrible, isn't it? Just how terrible it is to me you cannot understand at this moment. But later, you will. After I heard the appalling testimony against my sister, I talked with her. She hasn't any idea who killed Edgar Rice. Neither have I. When questioned by the police, she was quite frank. She told them everything that she could tell them. One thing she did keep a secret from them was the identity of Jimmy. I'm quite sure the district attorney is terribly disappointed in finding that the mysterious Jimmy was only the girl's brother. What defense can I bring forward? My sister has no witness. I have no witness. I have only a certainty in my own heart that my sister didn't do this terrible thing. I have been advised by a brilliant lawyer in this city that the cleverest thing Mr. West did in his conduct of this case was to waive the cross-examination of Mrs. Gertrude Rice. He said to me, my boy, that woman has the sympathy of the jury. If you put that woman on the stand, handle her with gloves. Gentlemen, I have no gloves. I want the truth. I want you to have the truth. I want to put before you every fact in this case, and I tell you with perfect frankness, that at this present time, I have no defense. No defense for my sister. No defense beyond her bare word. I call to the stand, Mary Dugan. If the spectators in this court cannot remain silent, I will have the court cleared. You tell them you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? I do. Mary, you understand exactly what the clerk of the court said just now? Yes. You have sworn to tell the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. You understand that?
2: Yes.
0: What are you afraid of, Mary? I don't know. Don't you know that if you're innocent, there isn't anything to be afraid of? Yes. What is your full name?
3: Mary Elizabeth Dugan. How old are you? Almost 30. Where were you born? In a tenement in West 4th Street.
0: You remember your father? Yes. Was he a... Nice, kindly, indulgent father?
3: He was a drunken brute.
0: And your mother? I don't
3: want to talk about my mother. She died when I was 14.
0: So, at the age of 14, you were left without a father or a mother? Yes. Except for your brother? Yes. How old was he at the time? Eight. Did you have any money? No money. What did you do with your brother?
3: I hid him so the chilling society wouldn't get him.
0: And what luck did you have with that?
3: I didn't have any luck. They took him away from me.
0: The place they put your brother in, what was it like? It was
3: terrible. Terrible.
0: Weren't they kind to him?
3: Yeah, I guess so, but there were 2,000 boys. Why, Jim, you might as well have been in prison. Can't you remember? How
0: did that affect you?
3: I wanted to get you out. And did you? Not for two years.
0: I'm very interested in knowing how you got your brother out, so we'll skip the two years and come down to that time. What were you doing then to earn a living?
3: I was working in a departmental store.
0: How much did they pay you?
3: $20 a week.
0: And out of that $20, you paid your rent and your clothes and the food? Yes. Hard work, wasn't it?
3: Kind of.
0: And all this time, did you see your brother?
3: Every Sunday.
0: And was it this time when you were getting $20 a week that you got him away from the home? How did you do that, Mary?
3: Somebody helped me. Why? I had something you wanted.
0: Oh? In what way did he help you?
3: He got me a better place and gave me $100 a week.
0: And what did you do with the money that he gave you?
3: I paid a lawyer to get you out.
0: The man who gave you the money, Mary, what did you give him for the money?
3: I gave him what he wanted.
0: Did you tell him that you were only 16? Yes. What was the name of that man, Mary? I
3: don't want to answer that. He's a gentleman, and now he's become the president of the bank. But if, if a thing like that came out, it would ruin him.
0: You say that the man who seduced you was a gentleman? Yes, sir. I don't think the witness need tell the gentleman's name. Mary, if it hadn't been for your brother, would your life have been what it has been?
3: Well, I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. If I'd hated every minute of it, last night would have paid me for everything. Because <laughs> last night was just hell for me. When my brother came to see me in the jail, he, he just sat there without saying anything. He, he was just like chalk. And when I got through shutting and everything, he, he, he didn't say a word. And I said to myself, this is the finish. He did. He got up and he came over and he kissed me. I've been kissed a million times in my life before, but I've never had a kiss like that.
0: Mary. Mary, how long have you been living as Rice's mistress?
3: About a year.
0: And before Mr. Rice, you lived with other men? Yes. How many? So that from the time you were 16 years old, there'd always been a man in your life. Some man with money. Yes. And a good part of that money you spent on your brother? Yes. Were your relations with Mr. Rice happy?
3: He was always kind and of thoughtful.
0: Mrs. Rice has testified that on the night of his death, her husband had gone to see you for the purpose of breaking off his relations with you. Did he say anything to you about that? No. When he came to see you, was his manner different in any way? Yes, he was terribly angry. He made an awful scene. Had he been drinking? No, but he was yelling and
3: shouting and making threats. What about? He, he found out that his wife was untrue to him.
0: Uh, what was that? Mary, what did you say?
3: He found out that his wife was untrue to him. He'd only just found out that day. So
0: he was raging about his wife?
3: Yes, he yelled at the top of his lungs. And he kept yelling louder and louder and louder.
0: Could people living on the same floor have heard him? I don't
3: see how they could have helped it.
0: Objection! Her opinion is not fact. Sustained. If the witness knows that anyone heard the noise, she can so state. <clears throat> Mary, you feared he would be heard and you tried to quiet him.
3: Yes, but I couldn't for a long time. He kept shouting he was going to change his will. He said he was going to kick his wife out of the house.
0: Did he name the man?
3: No, he didn't. He was he looked terrible about his wife. He called her names
0: And yelled he was going to change his will. Yes. And because of something you said, he did not make a new will at that time? He
3: wanted me to call his lawyer to my apartment. Well, well, it was late, and I told him he could wait till the morning. Then what happened? He he got more sensible. I told him he had a nerve to yell about his wife like that. What was he after all? Oh, he loved that. It was just the kind of opposition he wanted. He said he was a law unto himself, and he could do as he liked, and that no woman could do anything to him. I laughed at him. And told him that he didn't own me. And that I'd do as I liked always. Well, of course, that took his mind off his troubles. He had me to conquer again. Well, finally we went to bed. I don't know how long I'd been asleep, but he woke me. He was groaning and, and crying out that he was going to die. I was, I was terribly frightened. I'd never seen him sit before. I didn't know what to do, but... But he told me he'd getting something at the drugstore, that it was acute indigestion, and he kept telling me not to call a doctor. And I I saw he was he was really in terrible pain. So I, I put on my slippers and a fur coat and I ran out.
0: The elevator boy says that you did not go out all that night.
3: I used the stairs. I rang a bell for the lift, but he didn't start the elevator, and I couldn't wait. I was awfully frightened. I I I ran down to the corner, but the drugstore was closed. I'd been I back to the apartment, and I made up my mind that No matter what he said, I was going to call a doctor. When I got into the foyer, I saw the elevator wasn't on the ground floor, so so I ran upstairs.
0: Go on, Mary. Was the door of your apartment open? Try to remember.
3: No, I can't remember. I can't. It must have been open. Jackson,
0: witnesses already testified that you can't remember. Sustained. You went back? To your apartment. What did you find?
3: He was lying on the floor, on his face, and a knife was sticking out of his back. I stared at him for a second. I, I didn't know what to
0: think. A I didn't know what, to... what the prisoner thought is immaterial. Sustained. <sighs> Tell the jury what you did. I
3: pulled out the knife. I tried to lift him up, but I couldn't. So I. Just sat on the floor and held him in my arms. His eyes were open, and he was looking at me. I, I thought he wanted to say something, but he didn't. He said nothing.
0: What did you do after that?
3: I can't remember, not exactly. I, I must have phoned the police for help. It felt me But I, I know the police came into the room.
0: When Mr. Rice was talking about a new will... Did he say what he was going to do with the money? He said he was going to leave it to me. And you told him to wait till the morning? Yes. Mary, what was your feeling for this man?
3: I was fond of him. He was good to me. Oh, I don't mean about money entirely. He was kind and thoughtful.
0: And you swear you did not kill him?
3: I did not kill him.
0: Your witness, Mr. Galway. You say that at the age of 16, you sold yourself for $100 a week. Well, you did, didn't you? Yes. And you have from time to time made what the automobile dealers call a resale, haven't you? Objection! I think he can ask that question. Exception. The district attorney knows that this is not a proper form of cross-examination. Well, I'll put the question in another way. You understand, of course, that I wouldn't do anything in the world to hurt the sensibilities of a woman like yourself. You have, from time to time, lived as the mistress of other men. Four, I think you said? Yes. How did you meet these men? I don't remember. Pick up any of them on the street? Objection! Witness declines to answer on the ground that her reply would tend to degrade and incriminate her. Your Honor, we can't see how any reply this witness could make could possibly degrade her any more than she has already degraded herself. Mr. Dugan. I think I have the right to know the methods by which she plied her trade. Very well. We withdraw the objection. Well?
3: I have never picked any man off the street.
0: And all the men to whom you sold yourself were uh, properly introduced? Is that it?
3: That's not easy to explain.
0: Mr. Rice paid you a thousand dollars a week. What did the others pay you?
3: I can't remember.
0: Oh, come, come now. Surely you can remember business details like that.
3: It wasn't like that at all. They took care of me, and they gave me things because they wanted to. There were never any business arrangements. That would have been horrible.
0: Huh. Did you love any of these men?
3: Yes. Only one.
0: Did you take money from him?
3: Yes. And I loved everything he did for me. Every penny he gave me.
0: What was his name?
3: I won't tell you.
0: You know you can be sent to prison for not answering.
3: I'm in prison now. Your Honor, do I have to answer these questions? What possible difference can it make to anyone but me?
0: I withdraw the question. Now, as a matter of fact, young woman, Mr. Weiss came to you that night. You found he was nervous... Upset about something? You cajoled him into going to bed. His conscience wouldn't let him rest. He broke down and confessed to you that he was leaving you forever. No, no, that his didn't wife do that. had forgiven him and he was going back to her. He tore himself out of your arms, left that unholy bed, and started to dress. And you, wild with rage, followed him and stabbed him in the back. It's a lie, it's a lie. You ought to know you're an expert. No more questions. Mary? Will you stand up? Take that Bible in your hand. Do you swear... Witness has already been sworn... I want her sworn for me. Mary, do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? I do. Mary, did you kill Edgar Rice?
2: No, Jimmy. That's all. Just a minute. What
0: church do you go to?
3: I don't go to church.
0: That's all. That's all, Mary. Call Gertrude Rice. Gertrude Rice. You know perfectly well that Mrs. Rice is not able to be here. Because she's ill? Certainly because she is ill. And will you bring her here the first moment she's able to appear? Oh, your honor. How often do I have to repeat? That's her? all I wanted to know. Call Patrick Kearney.
2: Patrick Kearney?
0: Patrick Kearney. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? I do. Your name and occupation? Patrick Kearney. I'm an operative with a civic detective agency. In pursuance of orders from me, what have you done today? Followed Mrs. Rice. And what have her movements been today? She left her house at half past nine this morning and drove to the office of the United States Steamship Lines. She purchased a ticket for herself on the Leviathan, leaving tonight.
2: Do you know this...
0: Do you know this of your own knowledge? I stood next to her when she did it.
2: <laughs> I ask that a warrant.
0: I ask that a warrant be issued for the arrest of Gertrude Rice. The witness is trying to escape the jurisdiction of this court. I'm sure there is some mistake her position said that. I don't her. care what her position says. This woman is planning to escape to Europe. I want her here. And if the district attorney is conniving with Mrs. Rice to enable her to evade Order in court! Order. Mr. Galway, how soon can you have this witness in court? Within the hour. Again, I ask for a warrant for the arrest of Gertrude Rice. I think this young man is unduly excited. I'm not interested in what the district attorney thinks. I want that woman on the stand. The court will take a recess for one hour.
1: Looking for space to hang and dry your washing? Washline distributors have the solution. Their rotating and fold-down wash lines take up the smallest spaces. Ideal for townhouses, simplexes and balconies at affordable prices. Galvanized or powder-coated and available in five different colors. For 24-hour delivery, installation, reliable and friendly service, phone wash line distributors on 011-792-2486. That's 011-792-2486. Wash lines for every space and need. Splish, splash the water hog, splash all day long. Using up the water, it's too late when it's gone. If you want to help them, this is what to do. Make sure the water hog is never, never you. Just make sure the water hog
2: is never
0: delay. Mrs. Rice assured me that it was a misunderstanding and that she would be here. I can quite understand that, but at the same time, Your Honor, there are limits. I think perhaps, Mr. Dugan, we should make some allowance for traffic delays. We will wait a little longer. I believe you have a witness to put on the stand. Yes, Your Honor. Marie Ducro, housekeeper to Mrs. Rice. Marie Ducro?
1: Now,
3: yeah, we, we are here. Marie Ducrot,
0: <laughs> you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth.
3: Oh, is it Jimmy.
0: Oh, my little Jimmy. Marie. Oh, my, my <clears throat> I wish oh, you had grown. You are so big. Oh, mon petit chou. I object to conversations in French. <laughs> I think, Mr. Dugan, you might translate it. She called me her little. Cabbage.
2: <laughs>
0: I can only apologize to the court most objectly. Marie was surprised to see me again. She remembers me from France. Now that the performance is over, perhaps we can continue. Marie, I want you to forget the days in France. Remember here, I'm an advocate. A lawyer to whom you must always tell the truth. You must speak to me in English, never in French. Understand?
3: Oh oui, monsieur.
0: Marie, what kind of a woman is your mistress? Oh,
3: tout What you call a loving? Mother?
0: Was she a happy woman?
3: Oh oui, oui.
0: No quarrels?
3: Oh no. How could it be? They love each other so.
0: They loved each other.
3: Oh, most beautiful it was. Such tenderness. Such a new kisses. Oh, parfaitement.
0: Do you mean to tell me that? You never saw them quarrel?
3: Oh, never. No, monsieur. They love too much.
0: On the night of the murder. You remember that night?
3: Oh, oui, monsieur.
0: And there was no quarrel on that night?
3: How could it be? I myself saw when you go away. So tenderly, so sweet, so loving.
0: <laughs> Marie, you said that there was such tenderness. Was monsieur always tender? Was he anything but tender? Oh. No, no, no! It was
3: like a story, shining. Oh, such a wonderful love.
0: So that's all. Your witness. My compliments, Madame. You have been most clear in all you've told us about your mistress and her husband. I mean, oh, good.
2: Monsieur Rice! Oh, I
3: have a mistake. I did not know you were speaking of her husband. <laughs>
0: You uh, did not think we were talking about Mr. Rice, Hello. then? Who? Uh, never mind. That's all. Marie, who did you think we were talking about?
2: Well, uh, the other.
0: So there was another. Why,
3: well, of course, why not?
0: And this other one had a name.
3: But certainly, sweet, uh, Jean Sweet.
0: <laughs> This disorder must stop. Marie, are you sure that's his name?
3: Oh, oui. always madame call him that when she speak to
0: me. And are you sure that he was the lover of your mistress? Objection. Does the court wish me to ask the witness how she knows the fact? I think we can take that for granted. Objection overruled. Marie, do you know where this Mr. Smith lives? No. Do you know his telephone number? I don't know. Did Mrs. Rice remain home the night of the murder?
1: No, she she go out.
0: How did she act at the time? Objection. Did you see her when she returned? But
3: of course I was waiting for her.
0: Did Mrs. Rice tell you where she had been?
3: No, she just said she was, my what you call, kind of sick. She she told me to put her to bed.
0: And did you think she was ill? Objection as to the conclusions of the witness. Sustained. What signs of illness did she show?
3: Oh, uh, one minute she was uh, hot, uh, next she was uh, trending cold, shaking all over.
0: Which might have been signs of great excitement caused by a quarrel with her husband. Objection. Strike that out. Did you call for a physician?
3: No, madame would not let me.
0: She was sick, but she wouldn't let you send for a doctor? No. That's all. Just a minute, just a minute. Monsieur? Can you tell us what this Mr. Smith looks like?
3: Oh, uh, charming, monsieur. Was do you call a nah. hmm.
0: Was he short or tall? No, monsieur. Neither short nor tall? No. Well, that's something. What uh, color hair did he have?
3: Uh, Brown. Black, I think. I'm not sure.
0: Huh. What about his eyes? I suppose he had eyes. Oh, wait, wait. What color were they? A um, blue, dark blue. Hmm, that's something. Anyway, what about his face? What kind of nose had he?
2: One to smell with. So
0: this is what you ask me to believe? Madame Rice had a lover named John Smith, who lives you don't know where, whose telephone number you don't know what, who is tall or short or thin or fat, you can't remember which, who has brown or black hair. Blue eyes and some sort of nose. Do you expect me to believe that?
3: Monsieur, 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 I have done my best to tell you what I know.
0: One minute, please. I'm not true with you. You have great admiration for young Mr. Dugan here.
3: Oh, yes, I love him.
0: And you'd do a great deal for him, wouldn't you?
3: Anything in the world, anything.
0: That's what I thought. Of course, you'd lie for him. Don't answer that question. I object, Your Honor. This is most... Sustained. I think, Mr. Galway, if you want to impeach the witness, you have to take some other method. If the district attorney feels that my witness has committed perjury, why doesn't he take some action in the matter? This grand gesture of his is, of course, meant to impress the jury. Madame, did anyone promise you money for your testimony? monsieur. Did you talk the matter over with anyone before you came into court?
3: No. It, monsieur, since I have lied to monsieur, is a fool.
0: That will do. I will ask your honor to have the witness detained. I shall presently decide whether or not to have her committed for perjury. I dare you to have her arrested for perjury. I'll have her out in ten minutes on a writ and you... Nevertheless, have... I want her detained. One of your men take charge of her, oh right. Inspector. No, That's all right, Marie. Oh, Marie, I'll take care of you. Marie, just me. sit down oh. quietly. You'll be all right, Marie. Sit
3: down. Oh. oh, all right, Jimmy. You
0: didn't... Inspector, from your investigations, you have stated here that for various reasons, the wound which caused Mr. Rice's death was inflicted by a knife held in the right hand. That's right. The only way it could have been done. She was standing in front of him, and she was in his arms when she stabbed him in the back. Oh, come now, Inspector. Uh, Hold this knife in your right hand. Right. And stab this dummy in such a manner. Right. The knife going from left to right. Yeah. Right. Now, if I turn this dummy round, standing behind the dummy, try it again. Left hand. Uh huh. Left handed. Oh, good heavens! <laughs> Left handed that's right, Inspector. That's all thank you. if your honour pleases, Mrs. Rice has arrived, Mr. Dugan, please get her on the stand Mrs.
3: Rice Mrs. Rice you've already been sworn
0: and a spill under oath, Mrs. Rice. Why didn't you come to the court as promised? I've been ill, and you thought a trip to Europe would do you good.
3: i I didn't understand. i-i thought I was to stay away until I felt better.
0: I see. Will you uh, please write your name on this slip of paper?
3: No, Mr. Dugan, I am not left-handed.
0: Mrs. Rice, where were you between eight and half-past on the night of your husband's murder?
3: I went for a walk.
0: With whom? Alone. You said that when your husband went out that night, it was with the understanding that he would return shortly. That you had forgiven him and that you anticipated a happy reunion. Is that why you went for a walk?
3: I was nervous. I thought a walk would do me good.
0: On the night your husband was murdered, didn't he accuse you of having a lover? Certainly not. And how he made that accusation? Did he not tell you he was going to divorce you?
3: My husband left the house that night to discard his mistress
0: and for no other purpose. I ask that the witness be instructed to answer my question. (laughs) I think that that question has been answered. Mrs. Rice, I'm afraid you'll have to give direct answers to direct questions.
3: The direct answer is no. It's a lie.
0: It has been shown here that you had a lover. A witness has described your kisses and lovemaking.
3: Whoever told you that is a liar? And you
0: never had a lover? No. No, I
3: tell you. No. I am waiting now. Just a minute. May it please, Your Honor,
0: I've been subpoenaed and I thought... Oh, yes, yes, I... Mr. West. There are one or two questions that I want to ask you in a moment. Will you please wait? Certainly. Mrs. Rice, isn't it a fact that your husband threatened you with divorce and said he was going to throw you out of the house?
3: No. He said I was the only woman he'd ever really loved. Oh, what's that?
2: What's
3: that? Oh. R- what is it, Marie? Oh, what? there he is. Mr. Smith, the charming lover of Madame Rice. It's a lie.
0: Uh, that's all. That's all, Mrs. Rice. Thank you. I call Mr. West. Uh, Mr. West.
2: West. Uh, Mr. West. Oh, you know, no, West. No, no, no,
0: no. Mr. West, do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? I do. Mr. West. You asked the police inspector if he knew that you occupied the apartment next to that in which the defendant lived. Now, as a matter of interest, do you occupy that apartment? Certainly. And where were you on the night of the murder? At home. How long have you known Mrs. Rice? I do not know her at all. I never even saw her until she came into this courtroom. Well, didn't you hear Rice shouting from the defendant's room that he had discovered your relations with his wife? I heard no sounds of any sort from that room. Will you swear that you didn't hear Rice threaten to make a new will disinheriting your mistress? I heard nothing, and I have no mistress. Isn't it a fact that on the night of the murder, Mrs. Rice telephoned you and told you that her husband had discovered your liaison? Later, you heard Rice tell what you had already known from the defendant. You heard him say... He was going to take every penny of his five millions away from the woman you planned to marry. And you heard later his cries of agony through your half-open door, and you saw Mary run out of the apartment. And then you killed. For five million dollars, you killed Rice. Don't answer that question. May it please the court. I think I should be allowed to answer that question, Your Honor. I think so, too. I did not kill Rice. I don't know Mrs. Rice, and I never saw that woman before. I hope, Mr. West, you'll forgive my inexperience and my deep anxiety to help my sister. There is only one other question. The element of time enters very largely into the case in point. You say you went to bed about ten o'clock on that night? Yes. And you established that time? How? By my watch. May I see it, please? (laughs) Certainly. There's no picture in it. Thank you. I see. Will you look at this knife? Have you ever seen this knife before? Not until I saw it here in the courtroom. Are you sure? Here, catch. I offer in evidence the left-handed lover of Gertrude Rice and the knife with which he committed the murder. That's our case, Your Honor. We submit our case on the evidence and ask for a verdict. The state submits the case to the jury without argument. Members of the jury... You are the sole judges of the facts, of the guilt or innocence of this woman. You are not here to say who killed Edgar Rice. Your sole function is to determine the guilt or innocence of Mary Dugan. You will now retire and consider your verdict. Have you agreed upon your verdict? We have. Just a moment. I'll have no demonstration here. The attendants will place under arrest anyone who causes a disturbance. Prisoner, stand up. The jury will look upon the prisoner. The prisoner will look upon the jury. I'll say you, guilty or not guilty. Not guilty. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday night at 8 and every Wednesday night for the week's finest radio entertainment brought to you for your listening pleasure by your hosts, the Brewers of Castle Lager. So until next week, then, a very good night to you all.